0: Good morning, Life Church Bath. How is everybody? So good to be with you. It's uh, a privilege to be here. I, 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 it is a privilege, honestly, to be here and to be able to speak uh, to this amazing church family. Um, I've got uh, some uh, funny stories to tell with you uh, this morning. Uh, we went, my wife and I, and my three amazing kids, I felt like we took a, a very English British initiation. Uh, Last week, we went away on holiday and um, it's been about six months since we've been uh, living here. More than six months, maybe even eight or nine months we've been here since we moved to America, but to complete the initiation from the States to England, we had to do one thing. We had to go camping to to rub a stamp that we are now back in England. And I don't know about you, but if you have ever made plans and maybe, maybe you've been planning a wedding, maybe a business venture, and you go through every type of scenario that you plan for and prepare for, trust me, Ruth did it. Ruth, we planned and we put everything in the car. I'm talking about everything that we could possibly think of was in our car. And so a week ago, we uh, set off and we drove about four hours Southwest and we drove to Hollywell Bay in Cornwall, and we went camping. And for me personally, this was a very big step as I have never camped uh, before in this way, uh, especially with roof this long and with three children under the age of four. Um, People said we were mad. Um, I probably agree with them, but I love uh, adventure. And that is something that me and roof uh, just uh, pursue in our marriage, which is adventure, doing things that are fun, that are a bit risky. And uh, I don't think the risk paid off this time and you're going to find out why. But we, look, we arrived, we got into the rhythm of camping, um, but straight away we stayed away from the socks and sandals game. Um, but yes to the fresh air, yes to the sun going down, playing at the beach, eating ice cream, eating as much fish and chips as possible, setting up our tent. And look, the goal of this holiday, like all holidays is, is to um, relax, unwind, have fun make memories play games and we did all of that but there were two major things that happened while we were away that we didn't plan for and um i don't know i mean please you know after them after this message you can message me and tell me what you would have done in this scenario but for instance when we were making our tent I remember, and I know you've probably just seen a video um, of us pitching our tent, but the left-hand side of the tent where the ground was, I just noticed that the ground was very soft compared to the ground on the other side. And I'm talking like um, the the, the hard ground, I had to have, I I got um, Ruth's dad's uh, trusty mallet and I am whacking the pegs into the ground, getting them tightly knitted into the ground. But then you go over to the other side and these pegs, tent pegs, just go into the ground with ease. Like so much so that it, the ground just feels like it's really flowery. I was like, what is going on? Like whoever camped here before us, what were they doing? Like, were they like growing crops? Like it just it doesn't make sense. Like they tilled the ground, like it does not make sense. But anyway, we got into our tent and I just did think when I was pitching the tent and putting the pegs in, I thought, if the wind blows quite hard, I wonder if the kid's side is going to get a bit airborne because the pegs weren't very strong. But I thought, I've driven maybe four or five hours, I'm camping and we're just going to crack on. So anyway, we get, in, get into the, the swing of things. And after a couple of days, we start to notice things in our tent that I'd never noticed before. One of them being is that when I would get up and I'd walk across uh, the, the tent to go um, and see one of my kids or, or walk out, I found the ground that we were walking on slightly different than it was the day or so before, to the point where I was like falling into like little divots in the ground on top of the crab sheet, or I remember when I was like in the morning, like dressing Olivia to go out and play, and I'm I'm sort of like crouching down in her te- in her tent compartment, getting addressed, and then all of a sudden I just like fall forward because I just somehow the ground underneath the sheet just sort of gives way, and I'm like, what is going on here? I don't understand. And then a little bit later, I would say it was either that night or the night after. Kids goes down to sleep. Thank you, Jesus, and we we were playing cards and uh, we got the t- you know you get the you get the, like the standard camping table out you have your light switched on and you're playing cards and i just remember this moment where we start hearing this noise in the corner of our tent and that where it was coming from was um quite close to where our kitchen was and it was by the water bottle really big one that you'd have to you know go across the campsite to fill up bring up and you know cleaning and drinking all that kind of stuff but the water bottle, we turn and we look, and the water bottle is just starting to do this. And we start hearing this noise, and it starts to move. Like wobble. It's dark. The light in a tent is not the greatest of lights, but what I'm just saying is the water bottle is starting to move. And look, as shocked as both of us were, as you can tell, we 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 took on courage and we, you know, we're like, right, Ruth, go and have a look at what that is. And All I can say is what we didn't realise is that all of the things that I've described to you were only there because me and Ruth had pitched our tent on top of a molehill. So there were moles underneath us to the point that when we ended up leaving, we looked on the ground and honestly they had like recreated, like the tectonic plates of our ground moved so much it looked like a bomb had gone underneath. They were having a party under us. and then. Ding, that's funny, trust me, it gets better than that. We took an old tent, um, and it was uh, Ruth's parents' tent that they'd used years before. And on the second to last day, unfortunately, we found that sadly the tent that we were sleeping in was not waterproof. And when I mean by not waterproof, I mean this there was a storm, as maybe you guys remember last week. Went through Cornwall, and I think either came to Bath or a missed Bath. But all you need to know is that the storm went through our campsite, and when I mean that the tent was not waterproof, I mean we were sleeping under a mosquito net. It poured, and I'm sure you're probably seeing some videos now. We're going to put them up, but I'm talking like 1:30 in the morning, waking up, and realizing that not only am I wet, roof is wet. Our clothes are soaking wet. Everything in our tent is soaking. And I tell you what, the only thing that I think was the saving grace in that moment, because me and Ruth were pretty much laughing through the whole thing, because you are stuck. You can't do anything about it, but laugh, you're, you're done. Is that we took uh, blackout blinds for the girls and we put them over the top of their tent just so that it would get a little bit darker in their tent and like, parents, you know what I'm talking about, just getting them to settle quicker. Because you camp camping in the summer, the sun goes down at half nine. And the blackout tents turned out to be waterproof, amazing. But what you didn't realise is that when we got up in the morning and in the night we couldn't see, is that the water that had fallen in the tent was essentially being carried like a fishbowl right above our children's heads. So thank you, Lord that it did not break. Because I think potentially our laugh, me and Ruth laughing might have turned to tears if the kids had woken up, but they didn't. And I, all I can say is this, like at 6.30 in the morning, the sun comes up. We are like, we're beyond wet. Like I'm talking like we're so wet that the our clothes are warm because our body heat has just warmed the water over all of us. And so, look, we did the best we could at 6.30 in the morning, around about 7 o'clock, we we just got put wet kids into the car, we got in the car, and, you know, we did what was the most sensible thing to do, which was just to leave everything and go to Morrison's and eat a fry up and eat a full English breakfast and laugh. And just realise that this is, we have just made memories for life. This is, this is the first uh horse for uh, camping trip and our track record has not gone the way to plan like the plan this was not the plan i mean to be honest the plan it, if the money was there would have been an airbnb in greece but camping is camping is what we got and we are loving it but do you know what like <laughs> even in the midst of that absolute chaos it's not put me off i actually want to go camping again I want to go in a different tent, but I want to go camping again. Because do you know what, the, the, the craziness of the chaos and the things that you don't plan for that came at us actually added to the whole event. And, and, and it's funny, I mean, I ask myself why sometimes I get cranky if I don't have, like, if I don't have my coffee in the morning at a certain time. And yet I can have water dropping on my head for about five hours. I mean, it was like water torture. I, I can't, you can't explain how bad it was. And yet I can laugh through five hours of just going, this is so funny, this is going to be an amazing story one day. I didn't plan to say it, but when the Lord spoke to me about what he uh, wanted me to share this, uh, this time with you, I thought, well, this, this works. This works. But there is something, there's something that we have, that all of us have when you walk with the Lord. It's what Jesus promised his disciples before he uh, went away went away to be with the Father. He promised to give us the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This gift that we have, as the ecclesia of, of God's people, Life Church Bath, we have a peace that the world desires and it doesn't have. We, we are the people that when we go through storms, how we react and how we respond when everyone is going through the same thing stands out, stands out from the crowd. How you respond in chaos. Because I, I think I find, and, and you can, we can go through the scriptures and we can see how when God's hand is on a man or a woman, you think of Esther um, standing before uh, you know, a ruthless king and encouraging God speaking through her, or Gideon, or even Apostle Paul, who I'm gonna read right now in uh, Acts 27, is these are people that ben, that just gave their lives to the Lord and the Lord used them in ways not that they would imagine i i I think we could all testify that when when we have given when i've given my life to the lord i am offensively signing a contract that is empty but my name is at the bottom saying god i am all in you are my lord and savior and there's nothing else and he fills in the contract as we go and there are situations that i believe as his body that we go through that are really funny to tell really funny to tell stories like now when they've happened, but in the moment they're crazy. They are like out of this world circumstances, things that you could not predict or write or imagine. But God puts us in these places. He puts us in the center of a storm for, for us to be Jesus, for us to be the voice of God, not just for ourselves but for the people around us. And I I, I read this Acts 27 coming back from camping. And I just thought there's very small similarities to what happened to us camping. And I have to highlight that because Jonathan Sherwin said to me before I was preaching this message, he says, so you're gonna use your camping story to relate to how you got wet and Paul got shipwrecked. I am, but it's not as bad as that, Jonathan, but I can tell you I was just as wet as Paul was. I promise you. So I'm, I'm reading from Acts 27, and this is at the very end of Acts. This is, this is almost, I think the, the chapter before Paul is actually killed in, in Rome. But he says where he's been arrested and he's on his way to stand before Caesar, it, it, in Acts 27, it says, and when it was decided that we should set sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other, some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius and embarking in a ship of Adrametium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea accompanied by Astrichus, a Macedonian from Thessalonia. The next day we were put into Sidon and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to this friends and for the friends that he cared for and putting out to sea from where they sailed under the Lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us, and when we sailed across the open sea along the coast of Sicilia and, Papi- and Pampapilia, we came to Micra in Lycia. There, the centurion found the ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Sicilias. C- C- and as the wind did not allow us to go any further, we sailed under the lee of Crete of Salmoni. Coasting along, it was difficult. We came to a place called Fair Havens. Near, near was the city of Lycia This is, I mean, the text I've just read is for people who are geeking out about fishing ports. But this is, this is the, uh, th- this is the the, the, the uh, detailed report of Paul explaining how he's coming from one place heading to Rome. There was a plan. He was going somewhere, and then something happened. So, verse nine. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now more dangerous, even uh, the fast—even when the fast was already over, Paul advised them. Now, this is Paul the prisoner speaking to the guards, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbour was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there. And on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbour of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, and they spent and spend the winter here. So the story has just been set out. They're going from port to port, Paul watching what's going on, realizes there is going to be a problem that's coming. I can foresee something going wrong. And he's knocking on the door to the people of authority saying, guys, I believe that there is going to be something very bad happening unless we change course. And they ignore him. And then this is the verse 13. This is when the storm comes. Now, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along, sailed along Crete, along to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster, I mean, that sounds like a wrestler, struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. This is like at the mercy of the storm, the Northeaster. Verse 16, running under the lee of a small island called Kuda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground the Siritus, they lowered the gear and thus they were were driven along. Verse 18, since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of being saved was at last abandoned. This is intense scenery. This is it. They've thrown away everything on board that they would need to carry on the journey. And now they are stuck. No sun, no moonlight, and they are just cast off at sea only with their minds telling them they are going to die. Verse 21, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you have should have listened to me and have not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart. Another way to say, another um, description of take heart is take this seriously. Take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. I love that. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. You see, do you guys see the vision, the leadership, the courage from when Paul hears from the Lord? I just, I something I mean, I'm just pausing. I love reading the word and seeing how a dire situation, the Lord speaks and it's either a man or a woman, one or two people to hear it. And suddenly like Paul did, they stand up and they say, hey, take heart, we are not gonna die. The Lord is for us, not against us. 27. When the fourteenth night had come as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found twenty fathoms. A, a little further they took on a sounding again and they found fifteen fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors and from the stern and prayed for the day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out the anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion of the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go." They've essentially just now cut away their exit strategy. They've cut away plan B. This is the the fire exit that we have this is, the, this is the boat. This is the dinghy that we have attached to the big boat that we can get on if we find land. Paul is saying, cut that boat away. We are gonna stay here and we are gonna survive. Verse 33, as day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to all take some food saying, today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food and have taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. In all, there were in all 276 people on this ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. And then verse 39, now when it was day, they did, not, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned if possible to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and let them in the sea. And at the same time, loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach But as they made for the beach, they struck a reef and ran the the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the waves. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoner, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to serve Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who, to, those who could swim to jump overboard and make for the land and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. Now that is a storm. Nothing like mine and roofs, I promise you, but we were just as wet. But that is a storm. Now, here, listen, here's, here's what it means to me right now, guys. This is what I believe. This is where this is where I think, for me, this story is not about Paul being a man of peace, being a man of peace in chaos and standing strong. Yes, that we can take things from this, but do you see that it was in Paul's obedience to the Lord that his peace was actually the actual ship, the the safe, almost the, um, the 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 safe. The, I, I won't write the word. Paul was everything that those 276 men needed They were looking at the waves, they were looking at their own boat but it was a man of peace that heard the word of the Lord and regardless of the situation, was leading these people to safety Yes, we are people of peace, but I want you to recognise that the peace that we carry is not just for us, it is for the world it is, for, it is for your neighbours. It is for the people that you are in contact with. It's with the people that you are being, that God has put in touch with, that you are in their life. In their lives. You know, we use the word storms a lot in church. It, 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 it's a word that can almost, you can describe many battles that we are maybe facing personally, corporately, um, what's going on in the world right now. But there was, there's, there's something about us being who Paul was in this storm to other people. I can, I can maybe focus on myself and say, well, I'm going through a storm right now and I'm, I'm, I'm facing this, I'm facing that. What if you realise it and we open our eyes to realise that God has put you in a place to be a Paul for someone else's storm? What if you are in relationship, that we are in relationship with this city and we are called to be a Paul in this storm? What if the challenge that you, are, that you know is going on next door, that you know if there, I'm actually asking, Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. If there are people that are going through a storm that you want us to be a Paul to. You know, being a wise counsel to someone during great trial. I mean, I have experienced that, that is a gift. You know, um, Proverbs 11, 14, without wise leadership a nation falls, there is safety in having many advisors. So can you see that where there is wise leadership, it's not the person that's affected, an entire nation is affected. And so the wisdom that we carry, the word of the Lord that we get from him, It's not just for us. It's for the It's for our nation. It's for the nations. That the peace that we carry is not so that we just feel warm and safe when there's chaos. It's so that the two hundred seventy-six people that are in this situation together, we get to save them as well. Isn't it interesting that we don't re when we're reading this story in Acts? Paul, um, the the way that Acts is written, it's act like it's just a constant barrage of facts about how bad the ship was and how worse it was getting in the weather. But it's Paul who stands up and says, the day before I sought the Lord and he came and he spoke to me. Guys, how much value are we putting in this time to go and shut the door like Jesus commanded us to in Matthew 6, Verse five, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We've just read Paul going into a secret place on that ship for hearing the word of the Lord in private and yet Paul's private encounter with God was then brought public and it saved 276 people. What if we approached our time with the Lord like that? What if we approached our time with the Lord that when I close that door, come on, when I close that door, I'm not just closing the door for myself, I'm closing it for my nation. I'm closing it for my unsafe friends and family. I'm closing it for, for, for the NHS that, are, that have just gone through so much right now I'm closing the door so that Covid is stopped in the name of Jesus I'm, I'm closing it because I believe that nothing is impossible when I get alone with God You could ask Tony Thank. he wrote it on our church Facebook wall a couple weeks ago He spent time in the world with the Lord before the day and he read about Jesus cursing the fig tree. And then in that day, someone, a stranger comes up to him and says to him, why did Jesus curse the fig tree? See, what Tony was doing in private, God then releases it publicly, and what Tony is doing is seeking the Lord, and yet publicly he's showing someone the kingdom. Can you see what we are doing in private has more effect on the world than we realise? There's also something, I want to say this. There's something to be said about breaking bread in the middle of a storm. Sometimes we think of breaking it when the victory comes. But Paul broke bread in the storm, and he did it with the 276 passengers. Me and Ruth. We didn't break bread after we got very wet. We actually broke bread in a cafe in Morrison's and had a fry up. But the bread was fried. It was bread, but it was very fried. But guys, the the breaking of bread and the drinking of the wine is something that has so much importance in this season. I want to encourage us as a body, when we meet whether it's um to the to to completely abiding to the guidelines that the government is setting out when we meet please take the bread and wine together do communion together break bread and thank god for everything he has done he is doing and he is going to do there is something about breaking bread and being thankful in the midst of a storm where everyone on that ship had come to a realization that they were never going to get off sea and paul gave thanks to god in the middle of the storm oh i love it i love it there is peace that we carry in john 14 church wherever you are wherever you are listening to this message i just going to, i'm going to just pray right now that the peace of god that goes past goes past all understanding the gift that Jesus promised us to be his people, his ecclesia. That this week, in weeks to come, we would prioritise closing the door and seeking him and seeking him for the answers that not only we need, but the world needs. And that we would come out and we would speak what we hear the Lord saying not just for ourselves, but for the people that God's putting us around him, around us. Because guys, what we speak, what we bring the word of the Lord to our friends, our neighbors, whoever the people that God puts in front of you, you are changing their life. They are hearing from the living God. What a privilege, what a privilege it is that, that we are given access to the Lord and that we are able to speak on his behalf to his people. I mean, that is, that is such a privilege. Father, I just pray for our body, that in this time, Lord, that we would be so saturated in your peace in this time. That we would hear from heaven and that we would be speakers of heaven. And that we would speak the word of the Lord in the right time, at the right tone. Lord, that you would ask, you would give all of us access to your words in this time. Father, for even us as a city, Lord, would we be the peace that is needed to steer a city through a storm like this? Lord, I pray that, that you would um, renew our, uh, our, our, our confidence and our courage of speaking your words to your people. Father, we, you have called all of us to be alive at a time just like this, to extend your kingdom, because God, you are doing something in this time. And I thank you, Lord, that you've chosen us to be a part of it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, thank you so much. Please do not be put off by camping if you are. It is a lot of fun, I promise you. And I tell you what, break bread with one another when you gather. Please think about this. On a Sunday where you are watching it, how about inviting a family round to watch it? Please follow the social guidelines. But So socialising and being able to do church together and breaking bread and wine is such a powerful thing to do during this time. So I encourage you, we love you, bless you. Have an amazing week. Lots of love.